Hello and welcome to the Faith and Family Matters podcast, where we talk about issues that strengthen our faith and build stronger family connections. Please join us for today's podcast with our host, William Hemphill II, Pastoral Counselor. This is William Hemphill, professional counselor, and we're just here today for a special podcast. We're going to talk about being married during the coronavirus. And today I have a special guest with me. It's my wife, Cheryl. We've been married almost 25 years, and today we just want to have a little discussion about what it's been like for us over this past month, month and a half living during the coronavirus. And so at this time, I'll just introduce my wife, Cheryl. So come on and say what you want to say. Hello out there listening, and thank you, William, for inviting me. I look forward to having this little chat with you and hope that it gives um, your listeners some inspiration, direction, and guidance. Thank you so much. Um, We've been married almost 25 years. We've raised three children who are now in college. Like most married couples, we've seen our ups and downs, a lot more ups than downs. Very thankful about it. And we're just going along with life and approximately the middle of March is when this virus hits and all of a sudden we're both finding ourselves staying at home. Staying at home pretty much all the time. I'm seeing clients via phone and video, and then your job has you working at home. And so what's it been like for you so far just doing this? Well, um, there have been several things. We, you talked about my job. It's actually been good to kind of sleep a little late, and my alarm goes off about 15 or 20 minutes before it's time for me to log on the computer. So it's always good to have that extra time sleeping. But I definitely miss going in the office, interacting with my peers and my coworkers. That face-to-face interaction, seeing each other, talking, chatting, seeing how um, their family's doing, the latest things, what's new in their life. I actually miss that social interaction. And um, when we're having meetings and things of that nature, you miss that um, getting an understanding where you're in the room and you're kind of bouncing ideas off of each other. So that has been uh, one of the things that I've missed or several things that I've missed about not being able to actually go into the office. Um, For home, there have been some things that have um, actually been pretty exciting. Uh, You mentioned that our three children are in college now. Well, before the coronavirus, one was actually still staying at home with us. So um, it's different not to have any of the children in the house. And it's kind of like where we started 25 years ago. So that's been uh, something that's been um, different and uh, an adjustment that we're making. And there have been plenty of positives to that. If I could interrupt you for a second. By the way, our children have been gone, but as we're recording this show, two have come back 
for the weekend. So that's just a thought here and there. Letting you know that always changes. So. Right. So, and and with that, with them coming back, you are definitely happy to see them. We still uh, social distance to some degree. We're not all huggy, lovey, dovey as we normally are. Our daughter's not laying on us or, or going jumping in our bed, pushing me over to the middle, or she getting on our dad's side of the bed, and our son's not. So it is a little different with them coming home. Um, but it is a joy to see them. Um, can we talk about what that's like for a moment? I know I'm going to talk about my feelings and then you can talk about yours. Cause that's one of the weird things about this. We have three children, one who was living with us, but she decided to stay with her brothers cause she was out of school. And so they've been staying in their apartment in South Georgia. And so it was kind of weird with them coming back because you didn't know what to do. You know, they talk about the things, social distancing, staying six feet away, being around certain people, older people being more susceptible to younger people. Not, I mean, older people being more susceptible to the virus, so on and so forth. And so my wife and I, of course, we've been careful in some ways who we're around, but we have these wonderful children who have their own minds. And so we don't necessarily know who they're around when they're away. And even with that, as I said, two of them came home this weekend. One of them's even out right now with some friends. And so it kind of puts you in a weird situation, at least for me. It's like, do I hug? Especially because I miss them. I want to hug them, joke, mess with them, joke with them, different things like that. Do we keep each safe distance from each other? I don't know what to do with that. Right, and that, that was a challenge. I, I know when they came home, they were, of course, trying to be their young adult self and not express that joy on their face that they were happy to see us. And they did. They turned their uh, face, and they're, like, giggly, smiley. They're really happy to see us. And, you know, we're happy to see them at the same time. And we did express, and it, it really is hard not to hug and kiss my children as I normally would when they would come home and I haven't seen them for a while. So it did take some discipline and restraint on my part simply because what you said, I know that they try to be careful where they are, but they definitely interact with people who um, we don't know um, and we don't know who they've interacted with and we ourselves have been um, pretty cautious about how many people we've interacted with over the last month or so. So it is strange in that we can't be our normal affection itself, and um, we do have to curtail that. Yeah. However, we are still cracking jokes with each other around here, so we are still having fun with each other when we are together. It is, of course, a blessing to see them. But moving slightly away from that, I know you talked about what it's been like for you working and stuff like that. I'm a professional counselor. I like to call myself a pastoral counselor. Some people call me a marriage and family counselor. Well, however it is, I work with people. I'm also a pastor of a church. And so I'm used to going out and sitting with people, hearing about the intimate details of their life dealing with the struggles that people face, 
walking with them or encouraging them or leading them or guiding them and helping them to live more empowered lives, especially as people of faith, having people to help them access their faith to be able to live more powerful and encouraging lives. And so I've been doing that personally. And what was interesting about our schedules is my wife's an early morning person. She's always been an early morning person. You know, ever since we've been married, I joke and I like to say that Cheryl loves the one who wakes the roosters up every morning. Is that right? That is true. And so she is the one that's up early in the morning. Me, I'm usually the one that's up late. I grew up on the West Coast, and so even though I'm here on the East Coast now, I like to say my body's permanently on West Coast time. And so even with that, our work schedules were different at times. So there were times during the week we didn't see each other as much because she's at work early and then I'm at work late. And so one of the things that's happened in this is all of a sudden we are here together trying to figure this thing out. And so even as we're talking, dear, I just want to hear a little bit. What's been kind of the biggest adjustment for you in this so far? So um, it's funny that you <laughs> say that because I, I think about it as well. I do get up early. I'm usually uh, before my last position, I start at work at six o'clock in the morning. So I'm up at four. Um, so, and I love it. I, I just have more energy in the morning. Uh, I can get in. I can work for three hours without anyone bothering me and get so much accomplished um, versus starting on work later in the day. So one of the things that has happened is that um, there were times when I would work home work from home and you would be in the office. So I would have the whole house to myself and our daughter would be at school until she'd come home. So I would have a few hours um, a day where it's like, okay, I can kind of breathe, have some alone time and work. And um, it was really good. Now we did make some adjustments and um, where we're both home working, there's been some things that I've really, uh, I liked about it. One of the things that I do like, even those nights that you do work late, after you finish working, you're home in five minutes, meaning upstairs in five minutes versus an hour and a half drive. And by the time you get home, I'm asleep. Um, so are you saying you just like seeing me around? Is that what it is? I love seeing you. You love around. seeing me. Okay. Yes, I, I love seeing you around. So um, that's been uh, one of the things that happened, you know, in our work life. And I still get up um, early and I have a couple of hours or so before you come down unless you have something early um, to work on. So that's how my schedule has been with us both working at home. We, I do miss that time where... You know, I could have a whole house to myself and kind of free think, not worry about somebody else and um, and things of that nature. So that's pretty cool. Um, the adjustment for me, as I said, you did say some very good things. It is fun to have the five minute commute. And so we do get some more time together. Just for instance. I do run a group 
every other Wednesday. It normally runs to about 8.30-ish or so at night. When I was at the office, many times I wouldn't get home till 10 or something like that. And my wife and my daughter are in bed. They are asleep or about to go to sleep. And so if I have a couple nights in a row like that, I wouldn't get to see them. The good thing now, when the group ends at 8.30, all I got to do is go upstairs. And then I am with my wife. We get to sit down, eat dinner, do some things like that. So that aspect has been great. I would say the tougher aspect, at least for me, is figuring out how to navigate the space. Like you said, you enjoyed having the house alone to yourself at times. We don't have the house alone, neither one of us very much now. I did enjoy the alone time sometimes. I used to joke with my friends like when my wife would take the kids and they would go to the store or something like that. I'd get on the phone with some of my friends and I'd say, guess what? The house is alone. What are you going to do? Eat and sit down and do nothing. <laughs> That's just one of those things, you know, because we do all need our alone time. And so what happens to with me now is, well, with us, I think, is trying to figure out how to navigate that space. And I do think one of the blessings we have is that the house is big enough that, first of all, we can separate our workspaces because the type of work that you do, I don't need to be around and interrupting it, making noise, anything like that. But then also the type of work that I do, you don't necessarily need to be down and interrupting in that because my clients need to feel their measure of safety and confidentiality also. I will say also what has happened during this time, one of the great positives is that we do have more time together as a couple than we did before the virus. I mean, there were times because of our schedule, we would only have uh, maybe Friday evening together, um, sometimes Saturday. There was never... Um, a lot of consistent time where we could just be together and uh, do some of the things that we normally do, uh, entertainment and dating type things. So that has been something that has um, been, a, been a great benefit. I remember a couple of Saturdays ago, we were laying in bed and it was still eight o'clock in the morning and we were like, oh my gosh, how great does this feel to be laying in the bed together and it's eight o'clock in the morning and neither one of are out of the bed going working or going to do something. So there have been some great rewards with us spending time together um, during the virus. And so in short, I would say in many ways, it has helped us to reconnect. Uh, we've been... I'm not going to say forced because we do love spending time with each other. But I, what I think has happened is some of the things that seemed so important, like in my case, ministry and helping people, finding out there are different ways of doing that and boundaries that can be put in place sometimes so that I can spend more time with my wife. And so... I would say in my instance, it's been that. 
Any other changes could you think could you notice or oh, one great change that I love the fact that you're home to do dishes and help with the laundry and stuff now. So I am enjoying you uh taking more um chores in the house and doing more housework. I that has just made me ecstatic. God help us. Please end this <laughs> pandemic quick. The governor's opened it back up. Please, I need to get back to work. Oh Lord help us. She has enjoyed that, I will admit. Um, I'll admit that is one of my weaknesses sometimes, doing some of the work around the house. That is one of those things I, as a husband, do need to improve on. But we have done some stuff like washing dishes together, one's washing, one's drying, washing clothes, putting them up, rearrange the bedroom, and I'm sure there's a ton of other house projects that can be done. And so I know that my wife is definitely enjoying all of that. I am. I will say, here's another thing that I thought about. One of the things that we did in spending more time together there was this group, One Extraordinary Marriage, the podcast we listen to. And so they often have challenges. And so we did the seven days of sex challenge. We did. Seven? I mean, we did. Yes, we did. We did. <laughs> and, and it's good because one of the things that happens, and I see this in my marriage counseling ministry, is that people often disconnect sexually. And sex is indeed a bonding act. And so one of the ways that I do believe that God designed us as married people to connect together is to connect sexually. And many times when we do connect sexually, it often takes care of a lot of stuff, the conflicts or different things like that. And so we have been listening to the podcast. I do highly recommend it if you ever want to look at it, One, Extra One Extraordinary Marriage. And so we decided this would be a good time to take one of the challenges. And so it was at times, well, all the time it was quite fun. But then one of the things we learned in the midst of it is like many other things in marriage, sex has to be planned sometimes. It has to be planned because I'll say this, and I don't know if you'll say very much about this. One of my challenges was, again, with work, getting off at 9, 9.30 at night, and then going up and making the commitment to do that when we're both tired. There were a couple of nights where I was tired because I tell William, I said, normally I like to be in bed, getting ready to shut down around 8 and definitely asleep by 10 uh, on occasion, 10.30. So there were times when it was 9.30, we were just finishing things up, got to go shower, get things ready for the next day. That was like, oh, I could really go to sleep. But because we made this commitment, push we pushed all that aside and we um, completed our sex challenge. And the thing that it taught me was like, you know what? Sometimes even when you're not in the mood, you need to check in. 
And if you haven't checked in in a while, whatever your um, regular sex schedule is, if you haven't checked in, you need to make sure you're checking in. Even if you have to have a reminder. Hey, the last time me and my um, husband got together or spouse got together was X days ago. I'm a little overdue. Let me make sure I do something special tonight or tomorrow night or this weekend to address that. Having fun talking about this, and I can't say I initially planned on talking about this, but even as I think about this, it's something that I would encourage married couples to do. I see a few married couples in my practice, and usually one of the things that has stopped when they're having problems is the sexual intimacy that act that bonds us together. And I think one of the beautiful things about the seven days of sex challenge is it had us make a commitment to do it, but then it also challenged us to do some planning to do it. Now, many people like to think, well, you know, it needs to be spontaneous, put the music on and this and that. Think about that for a moment. When you were dating and you were putting on the Luther Vandross or whatever music that you had, and you brought the flowers, you were planning for the event to happen. You were planning. And I'll be honest, I know enough guys to know many times that was just part of the goal, period. You were making plans for that to happen. Why not do that in our marriage. I agree. And one thing, I don't want to make it seem as if each night it was one of these planned, flowery uh, experiences. Some of the nights, especially when we were tired, it was like, let's get down and dirty. (laughs) It was like, let's get, you know, we made the commitment. Let's do it. Good night. Let's go to sleep. Wham, bam. Thank you, sir. Mm. <laughs> I feel so used now. Oh, <laughs> ow! Oh, it hurts. But in all seriousness, though, yeah. And so I just wanted to bring that up because I thought it was important too. So this is just some of the things that we have been experiencing doing the coronavirus pandemic. For our marriage, I really think it's been a blessing in a lot of ways. Now, some of the challenges that I've heard from people is how do you date during this time? How do you date when you can't go outside? What do you do? So dear, just educate us on what do you think? Tell me what you would like. So (laughs) I'm going to take some notes, by the way. (laughs) Uh, a couple of the things that we did that I thought was a date, we um, started walking a lot together. We found uh, our community and a spot to go walking, and we just really enjoyed it. Um, it was relaxing. We were spending time together. We got to think about a bunch of stuff and do some things. So that was a date in that we were out doing stuff together. We were doing that walk. We had uh, a bunch of time together. That was fun. Another thing that we did, (laughs) so just to let you know, still, it doesn't have to be these extravagant things. Every Friday night, 
we would drive to Whole Foods and get brownies. We would get uh, a brownie, and uh, we'd get a pint of their ice vanilla ice cream, and some whipped cream, and we had some chocolate sauce at home. So part of our date was having this experience of these delicious brownies from Whole Foods with some ice cream and chocolate, and we would come back and talk and sit out and eat and have a, a great time. And sometimes there were fireworks afterwards. All right. Um, one of the other things I'm thinking about that we have done is sometimes we just get in the car and go for a ride. You know, we're trying not to have cabin fever. We're trying to figure out how we can do things. So we just get in the car Go for a ride. Where you may ask, we don't know. <laughs> Sometimes, I think one time we went out to the airport. One time we went driving down one of the highways and just drove till we got tired and turned around. Right. And the airport used to be one of our dating spots when we, we just, one of the things that I love to do, just go out to the airport and um, park and watch all the planes come in. It's fascinating to me. And we had to laugh, even though we stayed there maybe about an hour and a half, almost two hours. We're parked at the world's busiest airport and we probably saw maybe about three to five planes land during that time. So that was funny, but it was, we still had part of the experience, but it was just being together on that date that um, made it more special because it was something that we used to do when we were dating and we had this time that, Hey, we can drive out there. We can park in the cell phone lot. There's not a lot of traffic and enjoy it. And so, just saying that really to say that, you know, there are so many things we can do. You might have to get a little bit creative. I have an idea. So maybe the next time you invite me on, we can talk about different dates and give them some ideas. That sounds like a good idea. So we'll use that as a teach teaser yes. for another podcast, some different date ideas. Corona dating ideas. All right. Um, before we close, I want to ask you something. What has been the biggest challenge during this time? The biggest challenge for me is probably similar to what everyone else ex is experiencing. The limitation of human touch. And, um, there are friends, family members that I've not been able to see because they have health concerns. Uh, you want to see your friends and your church friends and your club friends, and you haven't been able to see them face-to-face. -face. I haven't been able to see one of my best friends face-to-face -face and go out like we normally do and eat and talk. So that face-to-face -face interaction and the um, touch, the lack of touch from um, people that I care about. That's what's been the toughest for me. Okay. And I would agree with you on that. I was doing some coursework the other day, and one of the questions they asked when they were talking about COVID things, what's the first thing you want to do when the pandemic is lifted and it's everything's all clear? What came to mind for me is that I 
wanted to see my brother and his family face to face. We've gotten on the phone and we've done FaceTime a little bit, but just the fact that you can't go by and see people that you love. I want to be able to hug and embrace my kids face to face. I want to see my church members and pray with them and say hello to them and different things like that. Because it's so important. One of the things I like to say is that I'm blessed. I'm blessed because I have a woman that I love very much and we love spending time with each other. And so I do get to touch one person. I get the support of one person in everything I do, and hopefully you get it vice versa also, dear. And so we are blessed. And so one of the things I want to encourage us as we close, especially if you're married, look for some of the good things in your relationship. And I would say, Use this time to try to build on these good things because they can indeed be a blessing. If you haven't been connected, use this as a time to find ways to reconnect. Anything else, dear, before we go? I just want to say thank you for inviting me to the podcast and my chance to speak to the Faith and Family Empowerment listeners. You're very welcome. And so until the next time, this is William Hemphill, pastor and professional counselor. We'll take care and have a blessed week. This is William Hemphill, pastoral counselor, and I thank you for listening to today's podcast. Just wanted to share a brief announcement with you. If you live in the state of Georgia, I am offering individual, couples, and family counseling via phone or video also known as telemental health. Again, if you're in the state of Georgia, I now offer counseling via phone or video for individuals, couples, and families. Please go to my website, www.williamhemphill.com. That's www.williamhemphill.com. There you will see a banner that drops down on the front page. My email address and my contact number is located. There's also a button that you can press where you can request an appointment with me. Again, that website is www.williamhemphill.com. You can also go to www.fefeonline.org. Thank you so much and take care. Have a blessed day. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. We hope that the show has been a blessing to you. If you would like more information on personal counseling, couples counseling, adoptive family counseling, or other products and services, please go to ffeonline.org. For questions about the show, please email us at faithandfamilymatterspodcast at gmail.com. 